Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, implementations, insights, getting out the most of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Global Psychor Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. I'm very excited for today's episode as I'm joined by a Psychor community great and legend who has now taken his journey to Psychor. Rick Bauer has spent many years in the, in the agency space consulting with Psychor clients and is now the global director of customer transformation. He also has his own Psychor podcast, Standard Values, which everyone should definitely check out. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And Rick, just to kind of kick us off here, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your career and your current role at Psychor. Sure. Um, I think legend is a stretch, but thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a pretty much a lifelong marketer with a little music on the side, but I'll spare you that one. But um, started in traditional marketing, direct mail and print way back when. Anyway, I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit to <laughs> the digital <laughs> space. So I found myself, you know, working in Psychor pretty quickly, first as a customer, basically running a digital agency's Psychor's, you know, our own site on Psychor. So that was Psychor 7.1. And then evolved further along with that partner and had a little stint um, at another friend of ours, Coveo, has worked for them for a tiny bit, and then um, another partner. <laughs> and that was where I got, you know, started into the MVP space and spent six years with them. And yeah, then found myself as, as the community says, in the mothership. So I've been beamed aboard and happy to be in the transformation space, but lifelong marketer, you know, again, from traditional to digital and finding my path there. Awesome. Yeah, you and I have known each other for a while, and mm -hmm. recently we've actually had the pleasure of working together uh, with some clients on forming enterprise client strategies. I know that's a lot, a lot of what you do now, your day-in and day-out jobs. So that's very cool. Yes, yeah. And just for the audience, too, just kind of before we dive deeper into today, I mean, this is going to be a two-part episode. Obviously, you're catching part one now. You're going to catch part two on Rick's standard podcast value, but our main focus is really going to be around you, know, you as a client, prospect, and how you should be thinking about Psychor and your just general strategy. So uh, going to keep these uh, pretty loose. So we're going to have some fun here. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then the standard values will be on Discover Psychor. That's the YouTube channel, but also also where you find your podcasts. Wonderful. So, but excited to be here on Water Cooler. Yep. Awesome. That's well, great to have you. Yeah, I think you and I have both you know been in the Psychor space for, you know, I think we're both nearing 10 years or even more. You mentioned Psychor 7.1. A lot has changed since then and you're working with a lot of current Psychor customers been on the platform for quite a while maybe some newer ones but just to kind of kick us off for the day you know, what are some of your major observations as we're kind of transitioning from this all-in-one dxp thinking right this, this has been a topic for a little while but i still think a lot of people have trouble wrapping their heads around it you know what's where are some of the changes in thinking around strategies going from kind of an all-in-one dxp to composable yeah so yeah there's that i was gonna say there's that buzzword composable yeah. We're all about buzzwords here and pushing the limits to legends. So, yeah, I, well, there's a lot of moving pieces, right? I mean, there's the advantage of an all in one is that it is just that, you know, it's like, here's this spoon fed you know, platform that you can work within. The disadvantage is there's often a lot of waste. I mean, how many times I saw customers that had or have Psychor XP, the experience platform, the, the, you know, the monolith piece and are not using personalization. It's an effort to get there. It's I have a YouTube channel called Site Cordial uh, that explains how to get there on that. But anyway, that's kind of it's, it's actually getting kind of outdated, right? Yeah. Because uh, that training may not be as necessary. But 
so there's waste, you know, there, there, there might be some pieces that are not used. And that's where I think the composable piece comes in and you can kind of start to pick and choose. But with that, I'm, you know, I'm seeing there's some complexity, you know, there's, there's definitely like, okay, going out there to customers and I'll say, you know, explain this to me, you know, <laughs> how do I, how do I do this? And I find the fascinating piece is that everyone should get comfortable with the fact that they're, you know, I'm going to talk basically just generally enterprise level corporations, they've been composable. You know, they've got a CRM, they've got an, potentially an ERP, they've got all these tools and they're connecting them together somehow. So in that way, that's composable. So composable, I guess, for an argument is more of that mock, uh, mock architecture, architecture yeah. that, yeah. you know, is, is really more of just a technical aspect of how these tools tie together um, in a standard. But otherwise, you know, in general, we've been composable. So I'm not sure if I've answered your question, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I honestly just think that it's a new discipline that I think we just need to get a shift that everyone needs to get comfortable with. I do think it comes with some better value for the dollar that you spend. Perfect. I think you've kind of led us to a few of the topics I want to touch on sure. today. <laughs> the first one is, you know, with these all-in-one DXPs, like, all right, let's get this up and running phase one, right? And then you yeah. have your phase two, which is, could be personalization or what have you. Organizations really never got the phase two or would always have trouble getting the phase two just because of the burnout, the time, the dollars spent. <laughs> phase two as a swear word. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Phase two or as in phase never, as some have always called it. So mm -hmm. I think the one really interesting thing in thinking, and especially with these customer transformation meetings, we have been doing together right that initial yep. kind of setup for implicit tracking and personalization let's get some goals yeah some page views being triggered i think the taste for that's actually kind of been waning right and it's like more of like let's start focusing on things that let's just you know that give us direct business value yeah which could be some of those later phases in the past way of thinking so i think getting to those showing roi quicker is kind of one of the main things i've been seeing in this kind of transition from kind of the all-in-ones to the composable side yeah and, and i i think you know where where this starts is just that crawl phase it was somewhat limiting yeah. I, you know and i think that that was like the like the part where it was just kind of like nebulous and people were unsure where to even begin and so i i feel like with the composable tools each element and i'll just pick on sitecore personalized for example is more focused and preset to help get you ramped up quicker yeah so. Going back to one of your other points, so I think you're kind of hit it. You know, we, speaking of buzzwords, right? Agile, <laughs> sprints, iterative releases, yep. MVPs. You know, those are always kind of great thoughts, great, I'll say, initiatives. But with the uh, all-in-one DXPs, I don't know if it was really obtainable for most organizations because you've had to deploy it, you've had to create servers, you've had to install it, you've had to do deployments, yeah. and then you start creating value. I think the one nice thing that I've been seeing, especially since we can kind of almost move a lot of that to the wayside and yes. we can just start focusing on what does the business actually want to do. I've had a customer recently where it's like, hey, we just bought Sitecore. Let's just create a new login page. Let's just create maybe the small piece, get it up and live. Yep. And then we can always add on to it later. I think that's the one huge advantage that I've been seeing with customers was really getting them excited is maybe actually being able to release something maybe in month two, month three, month four instead of month twelve. So I think that yes. thinking as well has also been a huge change. So yeah, the tooling kind of being ready for you there and also upgrades, you know, yeah. the days of upgrades being gone with having a cloud-based solution. And a point that, you know, I would make to marketers that I, I, I don't want to say it goes against that a little bit because I feel like this has always been there, but there's no magic button. You know, everything's going to take a little bit of development. There's always going to be the need for a developer in, in these 
processes. However, the good part here is you can often start to rely on front end developers. Yep. I want to say it's quicker code. I'm not a developer, but I feel like it's just a, a faster, you know, to your point, it's just faster to market, yeah. quicker to ROI, less cost of delay, you know, all of these important factors that I don't think a lot of enterprise, especially organizations, mm -hmm think about is like by delaying there's a cost to that because I'm losing that efficiency on the time to get there. Yeah, it, I do think it, it is noted, you know, since these a lot of these technologies in the composable space and, you, and you're right, 100% right. The the concept of composable has always been around, right? Yep. You have your marketing tool, your CRM, maybe your service tool, what, what, what have you. It's always been around, but it's just kind of now more coming into the CMS marketing automation space of you know a little bit more attention. But I think the one thing that I've seen organizations maybe, you know, not pay attention to is you know, since we have to connect all these technologies, some have different languages, what have you, yep. the need for proper planning and documentation is now more important than ever, right? Being able to define your business, your your definition of what's maybe the MVP, and then documenting mm -hmm. those integration points is also probably more important than ever as well. 100%. And I do believe that our documentation for one on our on Sitecore side, I'll say our side, has improved, you know, um, definitely with the acquisitions, there's been some Varying levels of documentation, but I feel like our team has done a good job to align that. But then also coming from the partner space, and I'm sure you know this, that's where also where the partner can come in because the partner will be then fine tuning and, and building that documentation a little bit better to really take the, you know, the speed of the application and tie together that the, the efficiency of good documentation for the people that are changing hands are, yeah. you know, <laughs> moving up in an organization and have to teach the next person that matters. I mean, because, you know, as we continue to accelerate through composable, we also need to have that clean, good reference available. And then on top of that, this is just <laughs> uh, me preaching a little bit, but also organizations then need to take ownership of that as they start making modifications. You know, if they have their partner working with them all the way through, great. But otherwise, make sure you keep that documentation fresh because it will make your life a lot easier along the way. 100%. And, you know, being still on the partner side, it's easy for me to be biased. But I think the need for a strong partner or partners I, is also more important than ever. I'm a 100% I'm partner, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> coming from one and we rely on them. Yep. And going to your point about ownership, I mean, you know, we're approached day in and day out from existing Sitecore clients and also clients considering Sitecore. And one question we always get is, where do we start? There's, mm -hmm. We have these numerous products. We have other software providers we could integrate with. Where do we start? And I think the these inspiration days and planning sessions that Sitecore is doing with partners are a great point to maybe start or continue. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing on your customer transformation team. Yeah, um, we're listening. I mean, it's coming in and sitting down and we don't we don't think product where our team is not focused on that. We're focused on our customers and their business problems and opportunities. So we come in and just start with a discussion and we do, we have different workshops. We have different documentation. I mean, from the simplest form, we can help to answer some simple questions, but it, you know, for those that need it, we will come in and we can do road mapping sessions. We can do as you as American Eagle and, and my team have done, we can do inspiration days. And, and anywhere in between, in there, and, and we can start to talk about the value of different applications and where they come into play. But again, back to that listening, we find out you know where they are, what are the problems that they're having, what are the opportunities that we can gain, and what's probably the best path forward? What would be the next best thing, the next best tooling to have to get them to their goals? So it's, it's really, again, it's just removing, not coming in and edit from a product approach, but like, what do you need? What's the issue that's preventing you from the success that you want? Yeah, and Sitecore, and, and we have obviously worked on clients coming from many different industries, yeah. B2C, even to the point like how do we improve 
the signs at gates at airports down to B2B. How do we get customers to log in or maybe purchase something quicker? So yep. I guess with all the customers you have worked with across all these variety of industries, what, yeah. are, what are some of the themes that you're seeing now you know, in 2022 and now in 2023 from customers? What are some reoccurring things that they're looking for or some of those pain points? Yeah, well, I mean, besides the composable piece, you know, getting to that and understanding that because it is still relatively new. I and mean, that's the one thing I have to remind myself and people I work with is like, we've been saying composable for a while and a lot, but that is still new to people that might be just working with their stack and, and sitting there working on some sort of all-in-one solution. It's like, wait, what is this now? But I would say one piece that I think is underplayed and, but I see recurring is content and the management thereof. And, and yes, I'm talking about, you know, Content Hub as a solution, but it's really the, the consideration of what's ahead. You know, we're looking at, you know, we, I was recently just out at CES and Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, you know, working at a booth on the metaverse. And, you know, you're starting to talk about 3D assets and, you know, you're, we're, we're adding dimensions to the, the different assets that we're, we have out there. So it's not just images and videos and, and copy. It's, it's now three-dimensional. So you start wanting to personalize too and, and just look at the exponential growth of your potential need for assets. And so the management thereof, I feel, is a reoccurring need and whether they know it or not. <laughs> so some people we've worked with definitely know it and we go, oh my, we definitely need this. Some we walk out of and I go, man, we didn't even get to talk about content and they're going to have an issue with that. So I would say that's probably the the one piece I would kind of pick on for a little bit. Okay. You know, content's very interesting because I mean, the whole concept around being able to choose your your different platforms or different pieces of your platforms, mm -hmm. even given your business, you know, you call it your different business units, the flexibility to choose what they right. want. Yep. The one interesting thing that we always come back to is how can we share content? How can we syndicate content? Topics yeah. that we've, you know, talked about, you know, five, 10 years ago are still very relevant. I think you mentioned Content Hub. Yes. If we stick on that for a second, sure. I think what we've seen that be extremely successful is like, hey, we want to create one message one time. We want to publish it to a website, maybe a mobile app, maybe to a gate agent. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And across all these other channels, we want to do it once. We don't have to want to have to go through six different groups. So I think that's still a recurring theme companies are struggling with and can definitely get good use out of the Sitecore platform. So I'm glad you hit on the content piece. Yeah. And then even the management thereof, there you know, the, the people, the timing, yep. it's all kind of built in. And that really it, it, organizations don't have this now. They will need it soon. And, you know, again, it's just uh, an accelerator to getting your team efficient. And, and that's the other, you know, back to your reoccurring theme. I feel like lean teams, you know, are often it is it is the rule, yep. <laughs> you know, not the exception. So it's just, you know, even if you're a large organization, I'm amazed at how many have like, yeah, we're a team of 10, you know, and that's and for like a large scale organization, it's like, holy cow, how do you, you know, it's like you're, you're going to need some good, powerful tooling and solutions to be able to solve for that. Yeah. And, you know, sticking on on that topic, and this may be a little controversial or some maybe not, maybe not agree with me, but I've also seen a little bit less focus on the customer journey. And what I mean by that is mapping out every specific area. Someone could go on a website, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, there's a lot of focus on creating personas, customer journeys on websites over the past, you know, to say five, six years. Yep. I'm seeing a little bit less of that. Even in the inspiration days we've done, it's more of just like, let's just talk about the channels yeah. that they could be on. What's that offline to online experience and vice versa? How can we nail that? And you mentioned lean teams yes. is self-service is coming up almost every single day. How can we have customers self-serve 
stop calling our customer service, stop going up to, again, I'm going to keep on the airports, yeah. a gate agent. How can we have them <laughs> self-serve? Yes. I think that's another reoccurring theme that organizations are really trying to solve for right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And journey phases and channels, it's a both and, you know, you really have to think about all of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, and Rick, as we're, as Sitecore has kind of matured as a company and, you know, you guys are meeting with customers every day. You know, Symposium's already a few months, I, w- I don't want to say older, stale, but we are, we're already a few <laughs> months out from Symposium. We're planning on the next Symposium. So yeah. a lot of new information was released there. Obviously, we know not everyone could attend Symposium. They could get some of those, you know, the free, say, the primary sessions online. But there's definitely were some key takeaways from this year. From a product perspective, you know, what has you most excited where Sitecore is going? What are some of the new releases some uh, customers can expect? Yeah, well, first of all, the growth in product, we added more. I forget what we're at. I want to say like 13, but then my superstitious elevator button guy wants to say 12 or 14 just because I don't want to be stuck on that. 12 but, and a half. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, we we added several more. I'm, I'm excited about search. Those listeners may recall we uh, acquired Reflection, which is really a product discovery tool um, that became Sitecore Discover. Uh, that engine and code base basically has been retooled to become content search as well. And I've had opportunities to see that. They showed it off a couple times at Symposium. And it's just really, I'll say Google-like, but really clean, really fast, good suggestions. I mean, you go and you start typing. You never hit the enter key. It's just typing and go, and the content surfaces up, and it gives you like nice, bold like returns of just basic questions right at the top. It gives you the ability to get the quick view and then open it up and get more related content. And so it's it's a elegant tool. I think it's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to, I'm going to call it the new launch pad, but the ability to start doing like fast switching between our products. I, you know, Again, the composable story is we're a good neighbor. Um, Dave O'Flanagan, um, our, our, you know, our chief product officer has definitely said that. And, and I love that story as a, like yourself, somebody that's been in Sitecore forever. It's nice to feel like a good neighbor now, or it's just like, we're not, we don't have to compete with what's in your stack. We can work with it. And along with that, you know, you, you might need to be able to have one place to switch between. Now, obviously we at Sitecore believe in all of our products and like, and, and they definitely, it's a better together story. However, that's not a reality for most, right? We need people to be able to quickly switch between our stuff and other stuff in, in, in that product switcher seems I'm excited about that to see that in action too. You took the word right out of my mouth with clean. That's, you know, Sitecore search looks very clean, very easy. And as most know, I am a Coveo junkie. So I am also very excited to see Sitecore search. I definitely think it's a great place in the market. Yeah. Sitecore can still partner really well with other search platforms yeah. if and when needed. But Sitecore search, I think is a game changer for Sitecore clients on XM Cloud, then obviously even legacy clients using Solar. Sitecore Search is a vast improvement for yes. the front-end user experience. Analytics suite, ability to update and manipulate business rules. So it's a definitely an awesome and exciting uh, feature that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Coveo's been a longtime partner. That's there, there's there's space there, you know. Yeah. And I know <laughs> you're you're a Coveo MVP. Yeah. I mean, I respect that. So um, absolutely, I, I think I think they, you know, depending on the need and and what you may already have, that that's that composable story again. Hundred percent. You know, we've talked a lot about you know having multiple platforms. I think the ability to connect them is also extremely important. And Sitecore yep. recently just announced Sitecore Connect. What can you tell us about Sitecore yeah. Connect from a high level? Well, that's sort of that Launchpad 2.0 that I was calling it, but <laughs> that's just my old my old uh, vernacular from the XP days. But yeah, Sitecore Connect is really a a great way to start to be able to 
tied together different elements of your solution stack and be able to quickly access them. So yep. awesome. You know, one common vernacular for, you know, Sitecore Search, it is partially an iPaaS, so it is an integration platform as a service. So yep. as you have Salesforce, SAP, Oracle, you name it, Sitecore Connect is going to be that platform that can help you tether them together. So yes. it's extre extremely exciting. So, and Rick, I know you're not on the product development side, but you are at Sitecore, so I have to put you a little bit on the spot here. So okay. go, you know, going into the rest of 2023, what's, what's maybe the single most exciting thing you're looking forward to? What could you share with us? Or maybe even what you can't partially share, but you're willing to. <laughs> uh, the most exciting thing is more customer transformation. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm being sincere with this. I know it sounds like self-promotion, but I'm looking forward to being a part of a team that goes in more and, and talks more strategically and getting in there and spending time with customers to really plan out a roadmap and suss out their needs and be able to look at this more thoughtfully from that side, as opposed to always coming in saying, here's a SKU, here's a product, you want this, you know, and I think that's just going to be a way to continue to show that that we care, that that we can take your business further, and that we're a strong partner as well. Yeah, and the audience, one of the audiences I really like to cater to on this podcast is existing Sitecore clients, like, because yep. the question is, do I upgrade? Do I replatform? What do I do? I think what you guys are doing with those innovation days or inspiration days, excuse me, what we're doing with clients is there is a path forward, mm -hmm. right? A lot of this technology is new. You may or may not own pieces of it, but there is a path forward. So definitely talk to your partner, definitely talk with Sitecore, definitely leverage your Sitecore rep, and there is a path forward to get clients on the right path going forward. Especially if you are a legacy client and you are looking to upgrade, definitely maybe hit the pause button for a second and definitely consider what your options are, especially with XM Cloud, what have you. So and there's also partial journeys as well. You don't have to just simply yes. switch directly over. You can do this in a very strategic, iterative fashion, which is which is also why this is also so exciting. Yeah, it's there's there's a path forward. I mean, that's just it. And it's like there's not there's not a no to this. It's just a, you know, what does that look like? What are the steps we need to take and what's the most efficient and probably what has retains the best value and return on the investment going forward? hundred percent. So. ROI is going to be a huge focus of this, you know, dollars in, dollars out. And the focus on, I think, more of the dollars you can bring in mm -hmm. as part of these solutions and driving more revenue, driving better customer conversions is, I think, going to be more on the forefront than just simply what's my licensing cost. You know, what you know, what can we do for you right. from the Sitecore side, from the partner side, and just saying, hey, let's just buy some stuff. It's going to be an exciting 2023. Absolutely. Well, Rick, it was a pleasure having you at the water cooler in person today to kick off the, our 2023 episodes. I look forward to part two coming up on the Standard Values podcast. And again, for the audience, please make sure to check it out and also subscribe to Rick's Standard Value podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Rick Bauer for joining us today on the Sitecore Water Cooler podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sitecore. I'm your host, John Price. And until the next time we meet at the water cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Sitecore Water Cooler podcast today, wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Brian Winger. 